Hello and welcome. Oh fuck. Well, oh fuck it off. Fuck it off. Um, fuck it off, oh, indeed. Oh, I can't be bothered. It's it's going to be one of these episodes today, it's isn't it? Really going to be one of those episodes. I'm not particularly well today, my dear listener. Um, the whole house decided to get really sick before I left for New York. And I was fine all during the weekend while I was in uh, the big apply. But as soon as I got back, it was like the flight back, I came down with the badness and I got a bad, bad time inside of myself. Which is really sad because we're also joined by a special guest who I um, would delight. I would love to be able to talk to him when I could form a coherent sentence. <laughs> but, but I can't. This, I'm sorry, Jim Trinker. I can't. This. we got Jim Trinker, formerly a video gamer. Uh, UK now of uh, Jim and Steve, no, <laughs> Steve and Dave. I know there's a guy called Dave. Well, they, you've got an actual name for your production company, which I've just now forgotten the name of. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fine. I, I'm glad that at least one of us here is prepared. I believe it's Special Gun Productions. That's is right. That yeah, the one? that's the one. See, yeah. I I know what's going on. I'm on top of this shit. It's, it's Fuck off! I'm it's a miracle. I'm a fucking awake right now. <laughs> well, maybe maybe not. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the fact that I'm I'm aware of what's going on right now. Also, to remind you, it's Jim Burns and Dave. That was Jim the one. Jim Burns and Dave. That, that, Jim that's, Burns and Dave, That's yeah. confusing. <laughs> that's confusing because Steve won't use his first fucking name because he, <laughs> he thinks he's important. No, he, he, he refuses point blank. Um, so, yeah, that is a bit weird. I'm ill as well, by the way. So, I mean, we'll, we'll power through it together. There we go. Uh, so we're all fine. suffering I'm, together. I'm, I'm not ill. I'm just tired from a long, 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 long week. Yeah, it's been a very busy week for Let's Play Video Games, Laura's website. Yeah, um, I, I broke my website twice today. We're getting too many views, one good. of which is because I wrote about vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> that's always the best way to make video game news, is to talk about all the vaginas, like all the vaginas that are in Watch Dogs 2. That I, I've not been following too much news because I've been out... First, I've been out all weekend in New York City attending Boglin art shows. And <laughs> you, you are just a parody of yourself at this point. I, it, it did feel kind of, kind of like I, I was I was living a satire of myself when I was in the middle of an art gallery surrounded by boglins. <laughs> um, but I met the man who invented them uh, and also worked on Dark Crystal and a bunch of other Jim Henson stuff, and he was lovely. Oh, cool. Um, is is he aware that you are the reason that boglins are cool again? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, certainly the people who were running the gallery were very confused and put off by me. Uh, the actual guy, um, Tim Clark, he was lovely, absolutely lovely, um, thrilled to speak to me and everything, then introduced me to Clutter, the guys who were making the new mini boglins and everything. And this guy just looks at me and says, D are you the one who sent us an email? And I, <laughs> I said, maybe. And then he said with the most poker-faced expression, it's a pleasure to meet you in a tone that indicated no pleasure whatsoever. Um, then I got really high and I watched Hellraiser Hellworld. So all in all, it was a really good weekend for me. <laughs> Hellraiser I, Hellworld, I... by the way, is the most amazing movie that's ever been made. And I, I urge everyone to watch it. First of all, watch the first two Hellraiser movies so that you can appreciate just how disrespectful Hellworld is. 
uh, and then watch Hellworld and be delighted as Lance Henriksen tries to be the world's shittest jigsaw killer. And the whole thing about, oh, it's Hellraiser, but in a computer game, is discarded five minutes in, but they still promote it like it's going to be some sort of Hellraiser Matrix, when it's actually some sort of Hellraiser saw with no real Cenobites in it until, like, the last two minutes. And then Pinhead says, how's that for a wake-up call? Because he kills someone who just used some phones earlier in the film. <laughs> he doesn't even kill him with a phone. But it's still, <laughs> how's that for a wake-up call? The film's incredible. It's, it's the best film that I've ever watched, 10 out of 10. <laughs> so... As, as we said at the beginning, welcome to Boglin and Movie Podcast, yes. the Boglin and Movie Podcast that Jim well, Sterling runs. Because well, video games aren't that interesting. Video games aren't that well, interesting. We should also say Gav's in- not here. Yeah, Gav's not here. Gav would have been here, but Jim was ill, and then Jim being here meant that Gav had to not be here, but it's fine because that meant we had the other Jim here, so it's <laughs> it's all a big old cluster of things. It's all a balancing act, but yes. Video video games are interesting this week because there's video game vagina news, and there is very rare it's very rare that there's a week with video game vagina news. I can't remember another time there was uh, video game vagina news. That's that's new. I know this. This may I'm be sure the that first ever Inferno segment. Game had no, some. no I think done. this. I think this is the first time ever. I think we need like some kind of klaxon. It's woo woo video game vagina news. There you VVM. go. That's, that's the official siren of video game vagina so news. I only just <laughs> caught up with this because, like I said, I've been mostly unconscious since I got back from uh, NYC. But I did just get caught up with this a moment ago uh, because if you search Watchdogs to genitalia, um, <laughs> Google Auto completes it and gives gives you the full skinny. Um, but for the benefit of the listener who may not have heard about this, Laura, why don't you tell us about the? Because I didn't, I. You know, I, I played Watch Dogs 2 a fair old bit before it came mm. out. And I guess I wasn't running around murdering prostitutes or anything uh, because it's not 1997 anymore. Yeah. So I never saw it, but it's, it's, it's incredible. Do, do tell the story. So here is the basic version of the story is Watch Dogs 2. That came out. People got review codes. They reviewed it. No really one noticed good, anything. Nothing. Yeah, it was, it, we, we'll talk about it this episode, I'm sure. Yeah. But it got good reviews. No one noticed anything particular going on. And someone posts a screenshot on Twitter that they took with the, the PlayStation share function because they found a vagina in the game. Like, they there was an explosion and an NPC fell over and... This NPC is wearing crotchless underwear, and there's there is very very definitely a vagina. Yeah, just right there in some crotchless I mean, undies. It's, it's not like you can see every fold of the labia. Let's let's no, be fair. I mean, it's, no. <laughs> clearly it wasn't can... intended for use because it's like a it's like a a, a, a vagina circa PS one. It's like a, a well some lines you, on a on a flat text. Yeah, you, you say that. I'm 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 looking at it now to describe. There is like right. distinct different segments. There is like there there is enough to be like that's not just a blur. You didn't hide it behind like because I'm, watching, I'm one, looking this up again. I, I found on. one. I found one example ever before of a v- uncensored vagina in a console video game, and that was L.A. Noire. And they d- they basically got away with it by covering it in a bu- in a very thick bush to be like, well, you can't see vagina shapes, but oh god, you, this is you, annoying. You, you try and look at it in a Google s- image search, and they've all put you, their hilarious fucking. Do you, do you want me to? Do you want me to link you to it, Jim? I'll link yeah, you in the Yeah, that'll be quicker because everyone's. 
done that funny thing where it's like, oh, let's put Charlie Sheen's face over it, or let's put yeah, a picture no, of a cat no, over it. No, I, I just I'm straight like, up republished yeah. pictures. Like, I, I posted something today that was just a bunch of pictures of dongs and then this vagina and being like, so what? Yeah, why I we, want that raw watchdog's puss puss. Okay, so, so I'm like, going to enhance more, the tape here. <laughs> there is more detail here than I would expect from a video game. Oh vagina. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not trying to downplay it. I no, mean that's it's not it's not photorealistic, but it's unquestionably a vagina. Yeah, that's more twadge in this game than there has been in <laughs> any other game all games combined, I think, barring actual sex games in which you can see yeah. things go in and out of so, stuff. So So this isn't the end of the news, however. There is no. there is more to the saga of the Watchdogs 2 vagina. Oh yeah, so, this vagina deepens. Yeah. So initially, we're told, hey, we didn't, Ubisoft, we didn't know that there was a vagina in our game, we're going to patch it out. (laughs) And then people started talking about this, because there's also male genitalia in this game. There There is a man standing fully naked in an alley, taking a piss, he then stops taking a piss and just walks naked down the road with his ding dong flopping all over the place. That is not being patched out of the game. Yeah. I think well, that's very interesting because when talking about why they were going to get rid of the vagina from the game, they talk about a specific NPC with particularly explicit genitalia. Yeah, we're talking I about this lady pers- in the purple here. Yeah, I don't know that that's any more specific than a man walking down the street completely stark as naked with his ding dong flopping about. Well, the thing is, is it's already been established that that floppy dick's okay. That that's already mm. it's like the it's like the cigarettes versus weed scenario. Cigarettes were already established to be okay, so weed's got this uphill struggle to be considered acceptable. Um, floppy dick has been considered okay. GTA's done it. Uh, mm. Dante's Inferno, which I mentioned earlier, had Satan with a gigantic yeah, the, floppy. <laughs> the the Order eighteen eighty six had some nice floppy dogs. Oh yeah, that had uh, a fact, magnificent. Yeah. The Order eighteen eighty six had dicks in it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a guy in a brothel who's got yeah. his ding-dong out and then he turns into a werewolf and the werewolf's got his ding-dong out. Oh, fuck, so I missed that. We've had, yeah. werewolf, we've had werewolf donk going on, that's fine. Um, but JJ has struggled to... V- vagina is the weed of video games, is basically <laughs> what I'm trying to explain here. <laughs> is, I... um, you know, um, mm. both of them, of course, very, very dank. Both of them, of course, very, very um, socially maligned, unfairly in many ways. Both of which have, have, you know, magnificent health benefits, and both of which struggle to be accepted in video games. Um, <laughs> so, so that's what we're looking at here. That's why pa- they've kept in uh, the little floppy chungas, and, and they're taking out this lady's uh, secret tuppence. So that's basically what we're looking at here. This is a cultural issue and and maybe a wider cultural issue that I feel deserves uh, uh, discussion in the United Nations. But I don't think we're going to get there yet. Uh, I am a bit pissed off that a guy got banned from um, PSN just for sharing the picture. He he did get unbanned or unsuspended or whatever. He's got his account back now. It's It's about 18 hours ago. He did momentarily get his account gotten rid of because he shared uh, the JJ. So uh, Mr. Trinker... You got any thoughts on video game for JJ's? Um, well, I think uh, I think there should be more. Frankly, uh, uh, yeah, I, know, I mean, I've got I'm saying. I've got the same kind of. Uh, I just find it very worrying that the uh, there's a sort of it's not really a moral panic, but there is a there is a, a clutching of pearls, um, particularly from 
funnily enough, only really from Ubisoft and uh, and Sony to a lesser extent. Yeah, it didn't seem like anybody really cared. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I did see some of of you know those people uh, complaining, uh, not complaining about the thing, but sort of inventing this. Uh, SJW conspiracy, of course. Uh, the the usual suspects, them. but like I haven't seen not a single person <laughs> like complaining. Most most people are like, "What? Why? Why is this a an, an issue?" I mean, I get that. I get the idea of sharing a screenshot of it um, on a medium where potentially uh, people um, who fall outside of the Peggy rating can see it. You know that there are some arguments for like not sort of plastering your social media with pictures of it. But, um, no, I mean, like, I remember when uh, it was the GTA 4 DLC, right? When that guy yeah, got his dick was, out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, when he turned I've around to the big note. reveal shot. And the reaction yeah, to that was like, it was like when fucking, it was like Bill Haley and the Corbett's. It was, it, it was like inventing rock and roll. People, <laughs> it was one of those moments. It's like, oh yeah, I, great, there's a fucking dick now. Um, and this is, the, the response to this has been questionably... Uh, yeah, so. I've, I've just pulled that one up. It was uh, GTA 4 The Lost and the Damned, and it was a character yeah. called Thomas Stubbs, whose penis was anything but. Oh, yeah, it was magnificent. It, it was, it, that was no Stubbs right there. He that hung was, uh, It was a slender, nicely kept, you know, it was, it was all right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like it, size aside, it was well-formed as well. I mean, he Yeah, had, exactly. He had a quality <laughs> dinkle. And... <laughs> He, and that's he added. He had a detailed man sausage. But but the question does come: is is when, you know when when are we allowed our our finely sculpted um, mm. secret gardens so, to appear yeah. in video games as well? I, that's the final out, taboo. I've been trying to work out what the difference is today, and here's the best I can come up with a, with an explanation of why penises and vaginas are different when it comes to video game representation. A penis has two states you got your yes pee, you got your your pee and penis and you got your sex ding dong and yeah. that is two distinct things where as long as there's no erection you can just be like no that's not a sex thing if it's a sex thing it'd be standing up and whatnot therefore you can just show a floppy flippy flappy one-eyed trouser snake and there's no problem the second you put a vagina there it's like well who knows what's going on in there it's a fucking mystery in there <laughs> Who knows if that's a sex vagina or a pee vagina? We don't know. Yeah, that's 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 more or less what what my line of thinking on it was. Because if you look at like you know pornography magazines that are you know like gay porn magazines or or magazines for women, um, the dicks in there are to to speak only for myself disappointingly flaccid, um, and that's fine. You can show you can show it as a as a little floppy fish. But when it is a proud soldier ready to do duty for king and country, then then it is t- uh, too bad, uh, and and that's I guess that's what we're looking at here is is, uh, and maybe that talks of you know to use the word objectification that we look at a vagina as inherently sexual, um, you know the whole whack of it, but in in certain cases the penis can have a different function, um, so I I don't know, I just I. Don't, it don't matter to me that it's there. It's yeah. it's appropriately rated. It's not it's, like anything's you know shoving into it. It's exactly like there's no active sex happening. So my stance, I'm looking at it being like you know, no, make a point. Be like no, it's there. 
let's have a let's have a you know a secret secret lady garden. Let's have the the sideways smile going on in our yeah. game, and let's just you know let's embrace that we got we got some. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like there's not nearly enough like amusing alternative names for vaginas. And That's because most is, of them are disgusting. Because yeah. 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 Because once you've ended, once you've said things like tuppence and secret garden, then it's things like sliz, yeah. and no one wants to hear the word and sliz when they're like eating toast. Fucking butcher's dustbin sexy. as well. Oh, that, yeah. was, <laughs> that was sweaty uh, burger, kebab, <laughs> wizard sleeve, axe wound. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm gonna put a call out here in the comments for this episode. I want people to just give us their sexiest, <laughs> most hilarious vagina names. That's all I want this week. It That's what I'm asking for. They won't be hilarious or sexy. They'll be disgusting. <laughs> well, that's a risk I'm willing to take to find the, the one or two like nuggets of gold that might pop up. Let's, the dustman's let's... gutter. <laughs> that's what I just made up. So, so yeah, that's that's vaginas in that's in Watchdogs too. Watchdogs too. Watch itself Vagina, though. Yeah. Um, Twad your side, which again, you know, if it's there or not, I really couldn't be bothered. Like, <laughs> unless there was an achievement you got for like killing women and then having like getting a cheeky upskirt on the corpse, like that's tacky. But the fact it's there just doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's a hot coffee situation to me, for me. Um, but yeah, Watch Dogs Two itself, I really, really liked. I, I did like the other one. Uh, which some people have taken as a caveat because it's like, well, if you like that one, then I'm going to discount his opinion on this one because it's very popular to hate the first one. Um, but I really, really like the first one, and I really, really, really like this one. That's cool. I, I like the. I I kind of enjoyed the first one as a. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, a lot of people were saying at the time that the sequel would would probably be a lot better. People were expecting it to follow that kind of Assassin's Creed. Pattern. Yeah, people have been comparing this as the jump from Assassin's Creed to Assassin's yeah, Creed 2. Absolutely. Um, but I didn't uh, dislike the first one as much as everyone seemed to. It was, I mean, it was almost what I would have expected from uh, a modern day set Assassin's Creed, which uh, I'm sure I read once that it, it, it probably started life as. I mean, it's, it is very yeah. similar. Yeah. Um, well, I think the. The biggest problem with the first one, it yeah. wasn't in the gameplay, which which I thought was a lot of fun. It was the fact that their, their main, their protagonist, Aidan Pierce, was to be diplomatic about it. Something Ubisoft would patch out of a game. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, he was a detestable, objectionable little shit. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't a character you could really get on the side of. Uh... Uh, as I remember, there was, there was some very kind of morally ambiguous, not morally ambiguous, but just outright shitty things he did. Uh, uh, the way he spoke to people, the way, uh, yeah, there, there was he nothing was miserable. sort of... miserable. And, um, and when, when you go from Etsy, like somebody like Ezio to someone like yeah. that, you know, it's like, oh, it's tough. me. Yeah. And he just didn't fit what he was doing. Like mm. this whole hack the world, he's a, you know whiz kid hacker who can break into people's phones and spy on people do all this shit to have the generic ubisoft i'm a grumpy old man who's got a dead Mm. whatever it was dead sister or whoever like that just didn't fit that's the huge like the biggest difference between this and 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 the sequel was marcus holloway who's the protagonist of this one is actually fun like he's still an asshole because when you are 
stealing money randomly from people's bank accounts, gunning people down in the name of computers. You're inevitably going to be a bit of a jackass. But he's a fun jackass. He's got a sense of humour. He's got this real sort of nerdy um, streak going through him. He does the Los Locos song from Short Circuit 2. Uh, like, everything about him just like fits the universe so much better. And consequently, the game itself feels funnier, feels more energetic. It's just a lot more fun, and it has fun with itself. Because the first one tried to be too serious. But this is a game where, you know... The car you're driving uses the same software as the sewage pipes in the ground. Uh, and, and that's inherently a ludicrous premise and mm. deserves ludicrous characters. Exactly. Uh, the- I, it, it's just so nice to see this one replace that and be like, no, let's, let's be a little less po-faced about it and be like, no, hacking is fun. That's the kind of the premise. Let's, let's, let's have fun hacking because that's the yeah. thing that you think is cool. I mean, there were some great things about the first game. My, uh, I, I haven't played the second one, by the way, but the, uh, uh, the thing that sticks out in my mind was when you're in a car chase, you're being chased by, by whoever, and, uh, and you hack the fucking the sewage pipe to burst when, uh, when mm-hmm. you know, your assailant is, is on top of it. Yeah, which they is, kept all that. That's, that's good, because that, that is the most, possibly the most fucking absurd thing that a video game has ever done. But, it, yes. but you just accepted it, you just went with it, because it was, it was good, it was fun. Yeah. And this this yeah. time around, the game has the game's world has adapted to become as ridiculous as as that. Like it's not full on Saints Row. Uh, it's still got a serious streak running through it. Thank fuck. Um, but it's the characters are just a lot more fun. Like one of the main enemies is this um, this woman with glowing like like UV tattoo skull paint um, like all over her face. Um, and she and she vapes because of course she does, and she's like really over the top as a villain, and and it was like the best the best mission in the first do- uh, Watch Dogs was when you're going after this DJ called Default, who is this piss taker of Dead Mouse. Um, he's got a giant like polygonal rat mask, and he's doing all sorts of you know silly over the top shit. And it's the one time the first game is fun, and this time around. They decided to take what was fun about that and apply it to everything you do in Watch Dogs 2. So every mission has that sense of fun. Like, there are various... There's a Church of Scientology knockoff with a Tom Cruise knockoff who you work with. And there's a... uh, Oh, oh, what was it? What was I going to say? Hurry up. Speak. Come up with... Oh, God, my mind is not where it should be today. Um, and then there's that famous mission, I was going to say, with the, the tape piss take of uh, Martin Shkreli, the, the pharmaceutical guy, uh, where you um, spy on him and, and steal a bunch of money and shit off him and, and con him out of the thing. Uh, so, yeah, there's just so much more humour to it, and it embraces the inherent silliness of the concept, which mm. the first one seemed a bit ashamed of its own stupidity. Which I hate when games do. Like, I, if if your game if your game is gonna be stupid, just roll with it. Don't try and dress it up and act all stoic and po faced about it. Mm, exactly. Like, I do have one issue with Watch Dogs Two, which is a bit of a shame. Which is that, in some ways, my time with it so far, its attempts to be very, very, very relevant to what's going on right now, can feel like it's already going to be a little bit behind on some of the social commentary that it could be doing. Oh, it's going to be dated, yeah. Yeah, even just in the amount of time it's taken for that game to go gold 
to coming out, there have already been things happening in the world that feel like they would have been relevant to discuss and probably would have been parodied here had the game come out, like, slightly later. Yeah, I mean, if I recall correctly, there's already... I already found, like, an Obama reference in there or something. Yeah. If he's still president, which... There's... Yeah, there's there's some bits of it that feel like it's some aspects of this are going to date very quickly. Like if yeah. you come back to this ten years from now, you're going to have no idea who they're trying to reference with the Martin Shkreli thing and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some of it is very much we're doing a thing that right now is going to be very interesting, but when you come back to it, you may completely forget why this was interesting. Yeah. Although although you know it may instead have a weird time capsule effect. Um, you don't know. But that is one of the issues with, with kind of the audience it's trying to go for, is it's targeting an audience for whom news and current events do move at a lightning pace. Um, things are constantly changing in, in tech and sort of hacker space culture and, and everything like that. So it's impossible to really do that and not date yourself somewhat. So, But then I mean, again, they do throw in some, some more timeless stuff. Like I said, there's a whole mission uh, that uh, references Short Circuit. There's some deadly <laughs> premonition-style stuff, like the way characters talk when you're driving from place to place with these pop culture discussions. There's a debate over, you know, who would win out of an alien and a predator and all that. And with some excellent points made as someone who does care about such um, debates. Um, good points made, not if I totally agree with the conclusion. Predators aren't that good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but th- th- there is some stuff that tries to be so cutting edge that it's going to look incredibly blunted by the time, you know, before too long at all. Yeah, it's difficult, especially with the um, like the the length of time it takes uh, to put a video game together. Um, I, I, funnily enough, I read this is relevant, I promise. But I was reading uh, uh, something about by uh, Stuart Lee when he was talking about trying to plan a show about Brexit while Brexit is going on. He's like, you know, you write a joke and literally, like, two days later it's out of date because the entire fucking landscape has changed once again because a cabinet minister's left or, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're coming out of the single market or, like, and yeah. apologies, oh, God, that I is boring. Ha- but, I would yeah. hate to be a political satirist over the next four <laughs> years. That That is not a job I fucking envy unless you're like John Oliver doing it as it happens. That's going to be tough. It's yeah, it's it's very difficult. I remember um, there was a, a sort of slight parallel uh, when I think it was the first going back to the GTA Four DLC. Um, so when when the game came out, between the the game coming out and the DLC coming out, I think the two thousand and eight crash happened, or had happened, or was happening. Right. And uh, the DLC is set at the same time as the rest of the events of the main game, but they sort of retconned in the financial crash. Which I remember thinking at the time was this is this is weird because I'm playing something that I know wasn't this wasn't happening then and all of a sudden it was like oh you know Bossack is crashing or whatever, um, so it's not even as if they can really do anything about it if they aren't relevant after three months they can't you know you can't sort of patch in relevancy and people have actually tried so yeah but. Uh, uh, difficult place to be in, but uh, I'm looking forward to playing it now. I wasn't expecting to ever say that about a Watch Dogs sequel, but there we go. Well, yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know, and again, someone who enjoyed the first one a lot, a lot more than many other critics, I think. Um, I was I was looking forward to it, but I was blown away by just 
just how they took all. It is one of those games to be trite in in my criticism, where they took all the stuff that worked in the first one and then added in a load of other good stuff and sort of kept the shit back in the last one. That's um, good. You know, they added like the remote control, the little quadcopter air drone, and the little RC jumper car, and they get to do all sorts of cool things and. And like I said, it's a lot funnier, and the extra stuff you can hack... Like, it's overwhelming. I mean, the what what Gav called the Ubisoft bloat is there. Um, yes, I, did, I feel yeah. sorry for Gav not being here, but, you know, because he can't talk about his boyfriend Ubisoft. But <laughs> um, it is there. It's overwhelming. Not just the amount of stuff happening, but the amount of stuff you can hack. Just constant contextual pop-ups all the time. And it takes a while for you to just sort of get your head... Uh, used to the onslaught of information, and that that's only increased when the online's working, which I believe Ubisoft said online's not ready. Uh, it was during the review period, and I loved it during the review yeah. period. Um, it can again, though, it's overwhelming until you get used to it. But once you do, like this idea that anyone can sort of dark souls into your game and start fucking with you. Um, it's a ton of fun. Uh, I, I recorded some footage and I put it up on the YouTube channel of me just cool. uh, sort of hacking other people. And, and <laughs> one awesome thing I discovered was it's, it's kind of a cat and mouse game. You've got to hide within a, a small circle that the other player's occupying and hack them and sort of try and hide in plain sight and look like one of the NPCs or hide under a bridge or hide in a car. And one fun thing I discovered was I unlocked the ability to hack other cars and remote control them. So I got into a car, parked by the side of the road, watched this other person looking for me, and I'm just hacking cars near them to make them veer out of control and behave how how a panicking human player would. Um, you know, if a car goes, if the enemy player goes near near a car, I'll make that car speed off, and all, all suddenly they're looking at that car, and they're nowhere near me. Uh, I'm like across the street, watching them chase after all these cars that are skidding and steering and veering out of control. And the moment any of any player comes near me, just trigger a car behind them, and their attention is instantly diverted. Um, and it's, it's just really cool to just fuck with a player like that. Uh, not not as much fun to be on the receiving end of it, but so long as you uh, you know what you're doing. Like like I was doing really well at it. I'm looking forward to it coming back online because that just sounds a, a that ton sounds of fun. Brilliant! Like the griefing opportunities sound incredible. Yes. Um, I had the, the the multiplayer. Funnily enough, well, the co-op is is the one bit of Watch Dogs Two I have played because it was uh, it was it was demoed um, at E3. So. Um, and I remember thinking at the time that this was this was something really special. So um, I really liked being sort of. Uh, it was one of these Ubisoft demos where they have like one of their guys sort of directing you all the way through, it so you don't really right. get to play it properly. Oh, yeah. But um, so so they got me to be the drone, and then he went in, and, and I was kind of directing him and and telling him where to go and where and and hacking things sort of slightly ahead of him, so he had. Uh, you know, so he had a, a clearer run into the complex and stuff, and like that was fucking, that was incredible. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that now. Looking forward to that a lot, actually. I've not been, I've not thought about video games very often this past month, funnily enough. But you know, one, yeah, you once, go. once I kind of um, escaped out of having to cover them for a living, um, <laughs> I, I, I it's I like my brain, my, my brain just ejected them. 
I hear this from a lot of people who like leave doing the like daily video game grind, and it's suddenly like, oh, I don't have to pay attention to every video game. Yeah. <sighs> it's pretty good. And then and then we just drag you onto this bollocks and make you know about video games again. Oh no, we've ruined everything. It's weird. Like for a minute there, I thought I was becoming a normal person, and I'm obviously not. So no, clear, <laughs> clearly not. Um, so there was one other thing that I think is interesting to talk about with Watch Dogs 2 quickly, which is that there is possibly a trailer for a new Ubisoft game in there that is oh, that teased, in, yeah. teased in a very meta way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did that mission and I sat there mm. the whole time waiting to look, looking for an anthropomorphic pig and he didn't turn up. So no, like, that's, what I, that's what I was expecting that that thing was going to be. So basically, your game's in San Francisco. You, you One of your missions has you break into Ubisoft San Francisco and you're, so sneaking, up its own you're sneaking around Ubisoft San Francisco's <laughs> offices because I think you've been, ta- you've been tasked with stealing an E3 trailer for E3 2017. Yeah, yeah. The idea of the game is... Um, for the side missions is you can just find them in the world. You can hack someone's phone or their mm. phone conversations and learn about something you can do to make your hacker group more famous. So you find this fucking marketing director of Ubisoft out in the street talking about some new trailer for E3 and yeah. you hack his phone and get the details and decide to break into Ubisoft San Francisco to find and leak the trailer. Um, and and the- it's... It's a trailer for some kind of space game of some kind. Sort of. I mean, it's so vague and inconsequential. It's like, I knew I knew there'd be stories about it. I knew there'd be mm. this, it, it, did Ubisoft put a trailer in their game? Did they announce a game in a game? Well, Which I would think, have been clever, but they didn't really do the, that. The, they showed the such only, vague shots. The only reason I paid attention to it is a couple of bullshitty people decided to tell me that it was a trailer for Beyond Good and Evil. They're like, oh, oh is this a Ubisoft no, trailer space? It's a Beyond Good and Evil trailer. And I went and looked at it. I was like, no, that's yeah. something floating in space. It looks like the colours of No Man's Sky. I mean, it, it could. They're, they're, you know, it, anything it could, could happen with Beyond Good and Evil 2. There, it is could. N- there is not enough to say that that's yeah. what that is. The fact it could or couldn't <laughs> is what makes me like just not care about this. It's not an announcement. It's not a trailer. It's a few shots of a bit of a spaceship, and that could mean anything. And I'm consequently... I don't find it... It's not like a a brilliant Hideo Kojima move or anything like that. It's If it is going to reference something, it's so obfuscated it's, that it's, gonna it's be not something impressive. That we won't know what it's it's referencing until the thing is already revealed and then it's like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah, we're supposed uh, to go, ah, oh, how clever, but no. How, how very special they were. It um, would have been truly amazing had they just straight up had a full-on trailer with a game announcement in there. That would have I, been incredible. I kind of wish they'd done that, but... It would have leaked like hell, but that would have been the inherent risk, and it still would have gotten a ton of attention, so it wouldn't have hurt them. But yeah. the way they've done it, it's... Pff, whatever. It, it could be anything, and that's not yeah. really all that <gasps> oh, interesting. Oh, I've just realised there's more video game nudity news this week. Oh, oh cool. what the fuck? <laughs> not- not that I More have VVM. a one-track mind or anything. <laughs> God, we could turn this into its own podcast. So, so more video game nudity news. We got some news yeah. from Bioware this week that uh, they, they were talking about some of the aliens in their new Mass Effect game, and they showed off some, some character art for one of them, and they said, hey, 
This alien was meant to be naked, but we put clothes on it because we thought it might be weird to talk to a naked alien. And oh, the internet on. collectively went, no, that's exactly what we want. Give us naked <laughs> aliens to talk to. Yeah. Have you not seen what Source Filmmaker has done to your game, Bioware? People want to do nothing but talk to aliens in the nutty. Uh, come to think of it, I don't remember those fucking jellyfish or those elk or things wearing any pants. Yeah, but th- this was a humanoid enemy that had ar- like it had arms and legs. Well, that's and a just racist. And a place where a crotch would go. That's just ra- that's just that's racist. Um, I'm sorry. Clothes for the humanoid aliens, but not for the elk or. Yeah, what are you, you trying know, to tell us? That's they're, they're trying to tell us that uh, they know they can't get away with nudity, but Elcor is their way of yeah. sneaking in. Like, hey, get some naked aliens. We know. What <laughs> is, that what the, is that is that why the Elcor like are there? Sexy, yeah, you like sexy <laughs> naked jellyfish aliens, right? Just so that Bioware can beat the system and have some nudity. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, these things look a bit like 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 broken rhinoceroses, but they're naked. That's us getting it under the take that sensors. Uh, brilliant. So we've learned about all the nudity in Mass Effect. Why tell us? Why say this was gonna be? A, why say this was gonna be like Rudy Nudy, but now it's not? That's just well, basically saying, they... look at this candy I have in my hand. <laughs> were they hoping we would say, oh, thank you, Bioware, you saved us from nudity? Nudity is not what any of us are hoping for when yeah. we play Mass Effect. We don't. Want, you know we what? Don't come here for the nude space aliens. We we come for the shooting. Mm. You know what, Bioware? You know what I hate having erections. Thank you for saving me from that. Uh, well, I say that as if automatically a, a, a nude alien would give me a bone con, but <laughs> knowing me, it probably would. So well, thank you for rescuing thing. me from by, my errant bone con. By saving you from an erection, they me- they've made it so that you're now allowed to be in Watch Dogs 2 because you got a flaccid ding dong. So That's true. I might, get my, <laughs> I might get my audition call back, yeah. So. I never auditioned to be in Watch Dogs 2, by the way. I just realised, as someone who does voice acting, that might have sounded like I tried to get in Watch Dogs 2. That's not the case. I was surprised I got a review copy. Like, I thought I'd have been blacklisted <laughs> along, alongside my blacklist with EA and half of Square Enix and Konami. But uh, no, seems all right. They seem okay with me. For some reason, despite me having a regular section on my show now called Oh Ubisoft. Ubisoft. <laughs> Ubisoft is sometimes okay with me, sometimes they're not. I am I am convinced that when Beyond Good and Evil 2 or Beyond Good and Evil, the new one, happens, they're just going to go out of their way. They're going to send me a package and I'll open this package from Ubisoft and it'll just be like, fuck you, you're not getting code. <laughs> yeah, just be... It'll just be a like a, a little cut-out framed picture of the vagina from Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> I've always found um, that they are nice people, though. They'll be fine. They don't hold grudges or anything, most of them, I don't think. Not, Do they? Not. As far as I can tell. I did once I mean, uh, yeah. meet a guy from Ubisoft at a party, and I was introduced as that guy who reviewed Assassin's Creed 2, and I got the best <laughs> death stare ever from this <laughs> huge, like, fucking six-foot-seven dude. Yeah. I, <gasps> oh, I, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying, I got, um, I mean, my in my first year at Video Gamer, I basically caused, like, a massive fucking PR headache for them. Um... In fairness, by asking one of their execs a question and then reporting exactly what his answer was, so it wasn't really <laughs> well, my that's... fault. Well, um, no, it is. It's not. It's not. It's not really a games journalist's job to report on what people no, in no, video game really say and do. Right, Dennis Dyack. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but uh, I, I mean, they, they were they were always great with me after that, and I, I, I kind of thought my name would be Mud, but they, you know, I still still talk to the guys. So you yeah, know, I'm yeah. surprised at, at them being okay. Um, I'm EA were always like that; they never seemed to hold a grudge. But like I said, ever since the wild card thing, they mm. seem to have uh, changed as of this generation. From what mm. I've heard, a lot of publishers have done that. They have. Uh, They've become a lot more protective and a lot more worried about review scores. Like no matter what Bethesda says about its whole giving games a day before launch because we want players and reviewers to experience it at the same time. That, no that no matter that fair. bollocks, like from what I've heard, there is there's been a shift in how much publishers as a whole want to control the the story around their games. Yeah. They they really they, they want hands on as safe a bet as possible with regard to, to get oh, is, sorry, tripping over my words. Well, they got a right to do them, it, but it sucks for you know everyone else. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word fair. Even uh, it's they it, have a right. That doesn't mean right. they're not being colossal jackasses about yeah. it, which I believe I, they are. I, I've had a mixed bag with people who I've done report stuff on, so if Sony seemed to be okay with me still after I reviewed that that PS4 Slim and was like, hey, Sony, please don't sue me. And they, they seem to be okay with me still, so that's all right. Um, on the other hand, I did have a vaguely, a, a thinly veiled threat of being sued from the, the, the retailer game this week. <laughs> so, like, that, that was fun. I wrote a thing about how I have heard what they're allegedly planning to price the the Switch at soon, and they they weren't happy about that. And I got one email that was like, "If you want to maintain your credibility as a credible news source, uh, <laughs> you'd better you'd better take your post down now uh, before further action is." Oh, taken. sorry, and that's that's the High Street Retailer game talking to us about retaining credibility, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Okay, it was just just wanted to make sure. Game. Yeah. That I, shower I, of shite getting to tell anyone who's credible and who's fucking not. Yeah, it was uh <laughs> it sure was interesting being told by them that I wouldn't be credible unless I, you know, backed down my reporting and took it down because that's how you make sure you're a credible oh, yeah. like reporting outlet. You you show the world that you're easily cowed by a, a company, then yeah, that yeah. you're absolutely um, number one I've, journalist. I've just pulled up the email. It was um, mm-hmm. assuming you wish to remain a credible source for gaming news, we'd highly suggest you update your article with the correct information. Please let us know when this is done, and we will take no further action. Okay, and what was it's, the correct information? Oh, it's that they currently have a placeholder. Pro- Price of nine hundred and ninety nine pound ninety nine for pre orders, and that they have not announced any other price. Oh, okay. And so the correct the, information was no information. Yeah, the correct information is no information, and I should not have reported what I heard from a source who. Yeah. Like, I, I heard this this price from two different sources. One of whom was like the guy that said, "Hey, the Switch trailer's coming tomorrow. It's going to be three minutes." So and you've already I, got a trusted source I, there. I, I told them, I told the internet, like, uh, "Switch trailer coming tomorrow," and then Nintendo said it. So like. I trust at least one of these guys. I'm like, oh, I don't trust you when you say stuff. You tend to know what you're on about. So I I got the one email and I tweeted some pictures of the email being like, oh, fat fucking chance. I'm taking this down now. And I very quickly <laughs> got an email from someone else at their PR company being like, I just wanted to pick up on the email below as it strikes the wrong tone and is not at all how we'd wish to represent either game or ourselves as an agency. I'd like to apologise for the email as it comes across as confrontational and rude. It comes and across. Just... 
Um, they, they still said we'd be grateful if you could update the article with a note to this effect or remove the article. We're happy to provide a statement from game. And I once again shared that they had updated me and did fucking jack shit because what am I going to need game PR for? I, it's not well, like they're it, yeah. going to give me review code. What do I? What do games PR company do for me? Nothing. They had absolutely really no leverage about... in this. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I do not care about burning that brick. It, it feels like it was just a we're going to make a vague threat in the hopes that you get scared and take it down. I was like, no, fuck off on that. I think that's one. I think they did what some other people have done, especially with, with LPV, um, LPVG lately. Is they they really do underestimate the kind of stink you can kick up. Oh, they they underestimate the fact that if like. If we report on something and people are like, no, don't report on it, then we, we just fucking get loud about it. And, and yeah. then very quickly they try and back down. So Well, they, uh. they, see, they probably see a new blog and think, you know, we can kick these people around and they don't realise, like, the veteran status of the people running that blog and the fact yeah. that you guys have, have really been kicking us on the breaking news front. So it's like... I, I don't know, like... It's really not a good way to uh, <laughs> to deny news by no, threatening to have it taken is, down. The, the second you say, take down that news, we're demanding that you take down the news, and you talk about that fact, everyone's assumption is, oh, that, that report was, was right then. Yeah. What does it do? Yeah. It gives... What's that word that it, it lends to it? Oh, Credi- yes. Credibility. credibility. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Game, you fucking... Arseholes who once wouldn't sell me a copy of Dynasty Warriors Extreme Legends. <laughs> yeah, that's because mm, I didn't have ID to prove I was over fifteen. Oh, I I I am twenty five, and I wasn't allowed to buy a copy of uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens from Sainsbury's because it was a twelve, and I didn't yeah. have ID. Oh yeah, we've talked. To, you've talked about this one. Uh, no, don't talk about fuck. this one, have I? <laughs> yeah, in America, it's it's they they give less of a shit. Um, with regards to that sort of stuff, um, alcohol's a different story. Oh yeah, alcohol. But video I get games. it. I get it for stuff that's eighteen rated, but it's like I'm I'm twenty five. I'm six foot tall. Oh yeah, uh, I mean you getting card. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, you getting carded for that? Like it, it would be one of those situations where even if I had my ID, I'd be like, I'm loath to take this out. Yeah, I'm no, loath like, to pull my wallet out, I, mate. I could have gone and got my ID faster than, like, the actual solution I picked, which was I just stayed in the store. I was like, no, I'm talking to a manager. This is ridiculous. I'm, I'm not taking the should. I'm not taking the, four, the five-minute walk back to my house to go get ID. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly over 12. And I eventually was allowed to buy my Blu-ray, so, yeah. There you go. Fuck the That's system. Turns out I'm actually 11. Uh. The Force Awakens as well. Like, I mean, a movie that... Parents were bringing their kids to see, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. This, this country. It's Thatcher's Britain. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> so we, we got one more little bit of video gaming news stuff this week. And this is mm. uh, one of those, those things that turns up all the time. A video game leaked through a source. And it's... it's do you want to know how this video game leaked? How did that leak? So we now know that there's a Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game in development... Oh, because, shit. Yeah, which sounds pretty bloody cool. We know about it because the voice actor strike that's going on, it's just very casually mentioned in a bunch of documents <laughs> to do with the voice actor strike, and no one really picked up on it for a few weeks, and suddenly they were like, oh, shit, there's all this legitimate documentation about Telltale's Garden- Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Well, that's what happens when you don't give your contracted employees health insurance. Yeah. You, you that's what happens when bleak. you demand people do motion capture without the safety nets in place for people who do that kind of physical acting. Maybe sort it out, fucking game industry. I don't care if I get accused of being a communist again. I'm all in board with the voice actor strike. Thank you very much. So, yeah, that's... that's... <laughs> Sorry, I'll get off my Arthur Scargill soapbox so, now. So, yeah, I... No, I totally agree. Totally I, agree. I, I, want, I want a Telltale game for that property, so... Yeah, that's... No, that's, that, cool. that's that a cool news. idea. I still want my Telltale Aliens game. But I'll um, take this. That'd be pretty cool. You know what I want a Telltale game for? I've never said so, this before. I want Telltale's Faulty Towers. <laughs> I, I just want like little choose-your-own-adventures in a stupid British bed and breakfast. That's really good. That would be incredible. I that would, would actually that. be incredible. It's perfect uh, for it as well. The more, I mean, it's sort of like a, a less problematic leisure suit Larry type thing. But yeah, uh, exactly. I'm you you could have idea. each each episode of the series could be like an episode of the show. You know, a little self-contained story. Yeah, I I, I want to have a button prompt that says that I can slap slap a what what was the the Manuel name? Manuel. I just Manuel, want a button get a spoon prompt that and bonk him on Manuel the head around the face. Yeah, just hit him in the head with a spoon. I want that to be a button yep. prompt that's constantly there. And that speaks to the genius of Telltale's game design. Like, the shell they've designed is it fits around anything. Like, people were all cynical about the Minecraft thing, but well, why not? It works. It works for, you know, old British soap operas, movies, comic books, as we saw with, um, you know, the, the, the Fables one. Um, it, just, it fits everything. I really want them to do Judge Dredd. That'd be uh, cool. That'd be good. Especially because, like the, you know, the the weirdly the game studio that owns fucking Judge Dredd, bizarrely, um, has, has never really done anything video gamey with it. And no, it's been. I mean, I can't think of when the last time there was ever a Judge Dredd game. I mean, there, there was one on like the PS One. I'm pretty sure, but it's like yeah, nothing, I want to say there was a Dread versus Death game or something. Yeah, some something like that. I think there was a Light Gun game as well. Mm-hmm. Or if I remember rightly, but it just seems like the I mean they're ne- they can't make another film because it would lose money and that's terrible. But yeah. uh, you know, the, the, I mean, you have you have, if a franchise has two flops, it's fucked, right? Um, but uh, well, we could always surely. just sit around and hope that one day there's a Netflix series of it. Yeah, yeah. That'd be the best mm. case scenario is if Netflix did something with Dread. I'm I'm so happy seeing some of the like the properties that Netflix have picked up recently because they've got such a good track record. I keep seeing like things that if they were being adapted by any other company, I would be really dubious. But with Netflix, I'm willing to give them a chance. Um, they've earned plenty of because yeah, mm. you know they're going to leather all the money into it. So exactly, That's like true. The, the two for me that I'm like I I would be dubious. There have been bad adaptations in the past, but I'm okay with Netflix doing. The American Death Note adaptation that's got Willem Dafoe in it. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, up well, for that's that. already good. I'm up for Willem that. Defoe. And yep. I'm up for the series of Unfortunate Events series they're doing that starts in, like, January, I think, which that had one really shitty movie about a decade ago, and I'm glad to see it being given another chance on Netflix. So. Is that how old that is now? I think it is. I don't God, know. I hate, I'll, I'll, I'll I hate hearing things like that. I hate feeling that old. Like, I'm a... Like, I'm not even that old. You know, I'm still early 30s, but 
it's old enough to where things that feel like they came out yesterday you find out are ten years old, and I don't like that. It just I don't need that reminder that oh, I'm, it's, I'm gonna it's die. A, it's more than a decade old. That, oh, that, fuck that off, movie Laura. that movie came out twelve years ago, and somehow it has like a seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes when it it's a shit film. Was it shit? I never it, saw it, but oh, it was it was they squeezed three books worth of story into um, an hour and five minutes of film, and it well, just that's kind actually of, better than the normal way around they do it, which is where they 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 stretch three films I don't know, out of a I'd, book. This this one was just there was never any time for any suspense to build over anything it was just this happened and then this happened and then this happened and now they're at the next book and then this happened and then this happened and another so it's a very quick back. series of unfortunate events exactly it was a series a series of very quick events that <laughs> might have been unfortunate i don't know they went past too fast for me a to series see. of a series of brief events isn't that exciting <laughs> as a book. so oh, well. have we got time to do a few questions and whatnot yeah, um, i, I, I want to talk just briefly Briefly chat about New York. Um, oh, I wish yeah, I was in you... better health yeah. to do it, but um, New York was a delight. Much needed um, trip. Much needed trip back to a city because Mississippi ain't got no cities worth. Well, I mean, it's got cities, but I I, I loathe to call them cities. Um, and cities are they're, they're where I live, so it felt good to be in a city again. The throng. It's it's weird to be uh, someone like me who I don't like crowds. I don't like being near a lot of people in general. But it's all right in a city, because I guess I just expect it there. If I see a crowd out here, I'm incensed. But if I'm on a crowded subway train, then I feel all right. Like, that's just not, that feels normal, like it should be. So that was cool. Great to see Conrad Zimmerman, who, you know, I've worked with and been a friend of for many, many years. Um, We live streamed ourselves watching Pixels, the Adam Sandler classic. Uh, With the film off camera, so as to avoid copyright, although people soon worked out that the reflective poster behind us showed the film. So you could kind of see it in, in a mirror image. Um, but it did, it did avoid copyright. And I was very interested to see how that would work as a live stream. Just two, two miserable men watching something that you can't watch. But a lot of people did sync up the movie to watch it with us at home. And other people who weren't watching the movie just enjoyed watching us be upset and confused and angry at the film. Um, The movie itself really is like, this is the first time I'd ever seen Pixels after hearing so much about it. Um, And I'd seen the famous Movie Bob review that he did. I watched the Nostalgia Critic review of it. And... Honestly, it's not even worth getting pissed off at. It's just watching a glass of room-temperature milk for an hour and a half. Adam Sandler, old and tired and desperate to be funny. Um, And it really is just... It's it's a sad little film to watch. Yeah, but but... didn't didn't you enjoy that bit where the creator of Pac-Man, that's not actually the creator of Pac-Man, just someone playing him, stands in front of Pac-Man and goes to give him a touch and then Pac-Man eats his hand and he he does some screaming. No, no. Wasn't I that didn't. the height of intelligent I, comedy? I didn't. In fact that that scene, which is uh one of the more famous scenes, is uh indicative of, of the film's biggest problem is you see the setup for the gag and then ten minutes later the gag happens. Or you get a gag and ten minutes later the gag's still happening. Like, the amount they managed to just pull out of, of suspense for a punchline. Um, some build towards a punchline, even if the punchline's known, is good. But this goes on so fucking long. 
Um, and that's most most of the film is either waiting for a gag to happen or finish. Uh, and, and and yeah, but but the big shock was it was um, it went over really well. Uh, people really enjoyed uh, watching us watch something that they weren't watching, which uh, I found very interesting. It's the first live stream I've done in like a year or more. Um, so we got a ton of views, like I want to say twenty five times more than I normally get. Uh, which is to say more than uh, 25 times more than just a thousand people turning up so that was cool um that was fun the boglin art show was wonderful uh met some fans there as well um lovely people I can't, sorry i can't believe that's a thing just... yeah <laughs> really? what, what were the names of those boglins like they were all things like being fucked in the face or something they're, they're all very sex themed names if i remember right. oh no 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 they were no? different things was no, that no. oh was that not clutter was, was this different boglins the clutter they weren't boglins the clutter gallery does designer toys so oh. custom toys toys by famous you know artists and stuff like that and some of the stuff they had just generally on display and in store were things like you know rabbits with insect legs and six tits and a, a, a detailed <laughs> See, watchdogs two level vagina i heard you descriptions and i thought that was the boglins like I oh no heavens no to the boglins heavens no no there was nothing sexual <laughs> boglins aren't sexual it's purely romance um and you know you're yeah, they take had these... them out for a romantic date and then just give them a yeah. gentle kiss on the cheek and let them go home. Give them a promise ring and, and take them to the, the, the carnival. Um, but no, no, so this this art gallery, it's a basically converted shop along this. There's this street in, like, Main Street in Beacon, I guess, is like the artsy place for New York, like all the sidelines art, because it was rows and rows of what look like should be corner shops, but all converted art galleries, many of them custom toy art galleries. And so this one, and the display's running if you're interested, if you're near Beacon or near New York. The gallery is still running till I think, like, December 1st, December 2nd. Um, I went there for the grand opening to meet the man who invented Boglins, of course. Uh, well, co-created Boglins. Lovely boy, Tim Clark, worked on Dark Crystal, knows what he's talking about. Um, met some fans up there. Saw some fantastic Boglins. Uh, a lot of them are... Tim Clark designed a new sculpt and then let the artists do what they want with them. And some amazing stuff. One person had taken the old, you know, the My Pet Monster toys from the 90s? Mm. The big cuddly purple monsters with yeah. the, fake ch the plastic chains. Someone had designed a My Pet Boglin, which I'd love to think about the idea of a My Pet Monster and a Boglin fucking each other. But this was the result of that. It was a Boglin. They'd given it the big bulbous nose, chains around its arms. It looked incredible. Uh, wish I'd fucking bought it, but someone had got in there quick. Like Those things sold fast. I was able to get three. I did spend way more money than I should have getting three of them. The one I really wanted, the per there was this purple one with black eyes, like this void-looking thing. Um, really wanted it, and someone had bought it, and I was complaining about it. And then it turns out a fan of mine who was stood there said, oh yeah, I got that. So I got a photo of him looking smug next to what should be my boggling. <laughs> Um, the real stars of the evening, though, were a couple who... And I still need to give you, Laura, the, the email of one of them. Uh, oh, Cassie, this was uh, the, was the ones... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cassie and her husband. And I hope they don't mind me, me telling this story. Um, but they offered Conrad and I a ride home. Because uh, we'd subwayed it all the way there from Queens. Queens to Beacon, it's quite a trek. Um, so they offered us a ride home. First of all, she was 
beyond adorable. Like, I wanted to take her home. Um, saw me. Little slip of a thing. Big glasses. Um, alt look going on. Cute as hell. Um, looked at... Saw me, said what a big fan she was, um, introduced her husband, both big fans. Saw Conrad behind me just gasp, just, oh, and is that Conrad Zimmerman? And <laughs> yes, it was, and she talks about what a fan of Fist Shark marketing she was, and considering, like, three people in the world listen to that, I was made up, I was thrilled about that. On the ride home, couldn't believe we were in their car as if we were actual famous people. Um, which we weren't. She told us amazing stories about how she was a cabaret singer when she was 15 and drunkenly bought a $400 corset and her husband reminded her it was $700. Um, talked about how she walks around the house in a Kylo Ren mask hitting things. Um, amazing stories coming out of her. Takes us back to Conrad's place. Ask for photos. We get photos done. Get a photo with the husband. Um, that's fine. Get a photo with her. The moment she's be- between Conrad and I, she bursts into tears. And she's crying and going, I'm so happy, I'm so happy. And, you know, we, we thought that was delightful and charming. And just as she's walking back to the car, still crying, she just goes, This is just like the Lego store all over again. <laughs> and I'd never, ever want to know the full context. No, of that's that. what I was thinking. It's like, there's a story there. I think I'm better just, like, not knowing it and letting it be something magical in my own head. (laughs) But huge thanks to them. They, they, you know, not only very kindly gave us a ride home, but were a huge part of why the evening was so much fun. Um, I mean, they they were more fun for me than the Bucklins, which says a lot. That that does say a lot. (laughs) I loved being near such high-quality Boglin merchandise. I can't begin to tell you. Um, But... That was cool. Uh, the whole trip was fun. Went to the Nintendo store, which was interesting. Uh, you know, I'd heard a lot about the Nintendo store. I actually met a fan of mine there. He was just, just out there. That was cool. Um, saw the Shigeru Miyamoto and the Star Fox, what they call Nuppets, those things they used oh, at E3. yeah, yeah. And I was sad about it because they had um, the Star Fox ones and they had Shigeru Miyamoto, but they didn't have the Iwata one. And I'm like... If you pass away, do they just take your nuppet down? Yeah, because like, that, that just, it, it they just put your puppet I, away. I saw like, it at E3 last year. It exists. Yeah, do you get buried with it? Like it just it made me feel okay. profoundly sad. That, like that, that makes me feel it makes me feel sad, but it makes me feel happy. The suggestion you've made that he was buried that with actually it. Like, doesn't sound him being yeah. buried with it kind of makes it less sad. Or maybe your entrails are put in it like a burial urn, like an Egyptian burial urn, and, and it goes into your sarcophagus. Like, I think there's something to do with what happens when a Nintendo executive passes on, and, 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 and they're, they're nuppet, which is what they call it, to legally avoid trouble with the Jim Henson company. Um, but there's some sort of shadowy nuppet death conspiracy going on, I think. Uh, but that was cool. There was nothing there I wanted to buy, so I, I, got, I got some Nintendo... I got some Zelda cards... Um, which I guess are a thing. Zelda trading cards. I bought three packets, and uh, it said, look for the shiny gold ones. Uh, I've not opened them yet. Couldn't be bothered. Uh, so I wonder if i got any shiny golds. Maybe look, I'll look find at, out look later. At, look at you flush with money, buying stuff, not even opening it. No, no, it's disgusting. Well, I felt like since I was there, I had to get something. Um, it was hard to get to the Nintendo store, because there was a Trump rally... Uh, Trump, not Trump rally, it was Trump protests going on down Fifth Avenue. Uh, which was, um, I've never seen like a full scale protest 
in real before. This is really um, surreal because, like, I, I've um, my my flatmate just came back from New York and and is talking about broadly similar events and the exact same locations. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh shit! Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you Massive. might well have you might well have walked into her. Could have, uh, could have, yeah, could have, could have. Well, it's the sign that you both know how to have a good how to have a good time in New York. Yes, well, yeah. Yeah, New York was a damn good time. Um, it's been ages since I've I've actually been able to travel with the back and everything. Uh, and this was going to be sort of a litmus test for whether my, my back can handle it. And I, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm wretchedly ill right now, I'd probably feel fantastic. Like, both from a stress relief standpoint and from the fact that my back held up. I mean, I walked all the way round Manhattan um, on the, the, the day of the, the Boglin show, went... Wanted around Manhattan, had to make it all the way up to Beacon. So it was a whole, whole lot, whole lot of travelling I did just outside of the planes, and a whole lot of uncomfortable seating as well on on trains and things. And I'm still walking around, which seems to suggest that my back, so long as I'm taking it easy and, and not now thinking, well, brilliant, now I can start hauling shit out of my <laughs> office again. Um, I should be good. So sometime in the next year, sort of in the new year, hopefully, I'll, I'll uh, make good on that cancelled UK trip. Uh, so, so you feel gonna, like I'm, uh, I'm well enough to travel again. So you're gonna stop having excuses to avoid having to ever meet me in person then? <laughs> I think I think I've run out of excuses, Laura. Oh no! What are you gonna? Well, do the thing now? is, I've got to keep that. I got to keep that. Will they? Won't they? Tension going for the podcast. And oh yeah, that. Well, and if we do meet, then then there will be a definitive will or won't, and then podcast tension punctuated. It's, no it's, one watches it's, anymore. It's all right. If people knew what happened behind the scenes, then they would know if there's a will, they won't. They 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 but they would know. We'll just keep. We'll just lie. We'll just lie. We'll yeah. just whatever, whatever happens. We'll just say we never met. No, we so didn't. Then... We'll, we'll take selfies together and be like, no, that that one, us, that was that was Jim with his life size Laura doll. <laughs> <laughs> that's right exactly um since so yeah so yeah but uh long story short new york a lot of fun boglin art show fantastic bought some boglins um i won't get them till the actual art display is finished but if you go up there if you do go up there then you can see which ones are mine don't knock them off the shelf and break them all right because i do want them here in one piece but i've got the blue and the yellow <laughs> one which looks really nice i've got I bought the one that was painted to most resemble a Boglin, because some of these artists were very artisty with them. Um, so I got the one that someone actually spent time painting so it looked like it could have been a real Boglin. Um, and I got one made by Tim Clark himself, which is the four new mini Boglins all stacked up together and painted in a weird totem pole thing. So that was good. Um, and yeah, thank you to you know the fans I met there. And thank you so much to the guy who's, again, I'm so fucking sorry i got a mind like a goddamn sieve um who painted um actually painted and gave me billy the boglin from the halloween jimquisition uh the one that we'd uh, that justin had made to look like the puppet from saw and he'd painted the saw puppet boglin for me um and gave it to me i'm gonna get that framed and put on my wall somewhere because it was it's fucking amazing oh so we we got time for a couple of questions before we wrap up for this week Absolutely, I've always got time for my public. I think I'm going to go and take a lot of NyQuil in a minute. (laughs) Right, so uh, let's go. Question one this week is from Gareth A. Jackson. If Laura, Jim and Jim had their own hacker collective, what would it be called? What would our hacker Uh, names be? And what would our special hacker skills be? That's interesting. Um, 
I mean, something to do with bargains, I'm presuming. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking... I mean, I, I would probably go with... Yeah, Boglin Boy would work for my hacker name. I'm happy with Boglin Boy. I, I, uh, I like... Qu- queen of Butts makes an alright hacker name. I can I can be the, the Queen of Butts hacker. Is your like trinker, what, what, what's your hacker name going to be? Oh, God. I should have thought more about this, shouldn't I? Because now I'm on the spot and I'm feeling <laughs> awful. Oh, you could call yourself the Trinkster. The, the Trinkster? Uh, <laughs> Instead of Trickster, like you're doing all your, your computer... Tri- I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> computer Trickster thing. It worked so well before it came out of my mouth. I'm trying mm. to think of a hacker collective name and all that's coming to my mind is two gyms and a not gym. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that amazing hacker collective, two gyms and a not call gym. Call yourself Jim Burns and Dave. That's what we call ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's that 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 is a name. What definitely makes sense for the three of us. Yeah, the the good hacking friends. I mean, if you, you want anonymity, it just means that one of us will be fucked, but the other two, will, you know, I, I, escape I like, capture. I like the fact that you're you're the guest here, and you're okay with the fact that you're going to be the one that's fucked. Actually, well, to be fair, you could always just—it's Jim Burns and Dave. You could always just pin <coughs> it on Sterling. Or we could call ourselves Jim, Jim, and Jim. And then it's like, ah, oh, but which one is the real Jim? And the big <laughs> trick is two of them are the real Jim. Yeah, one of them's not a Jim at all. Yeah, so either way, go. they're fucked. Yeah, yeah. So that, somehow there's logic in what I said. That, I know it works somehow. I'm, I'm sure it does. Um, so we got a question from Farris this week. With all the discussions about how to make a good video game movie, what makes a good movie-based video game? And I was having um, I was having to think about this. I was trying to think: Are there any video games that are better than the movies they're based on? Usually, when it comes out a long time after the film, because there's been yes. a few examples of that. There's Alien Isolation. Uh, there's the Blade Runner game that came out way back. Um, what was it? Uh, the Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay was really yes, good, right? That was that yeah, was a that good one. one. I feel yeah. like Goldeneye. I want to say the game is better than the film because it's kind of a boring film um yeah it's a shit film golden yeah the game i never watched wolverine like x-men origins wolverine um, um so i don't know if the game was better but the raven software game of uh, x-men origins wolverine was surprisingly good i think in terms of what makes a good um a good video game and like video game based on a movie don't try too hard to base it on the movie. Just maybe have it yeah, be in I the same it's... world, but be like, okay, what's fun for a video game? If we can make that kind of wrap around the the world of the the the, the property we have, then all the better. Make it a good video game first. Yeah, I yeah I mean, of, it's a philosophical thing. I kind of like the uh, the Mad Max game that came out. Oh, that. Which... I, Which I, it was, not... it was just like a great seven out of ten, you know. Like mm. it was, it was basically sort of just cause, but not quite as stupid. Yeah. And I think I'm the only one who didn't care for it. I found it, I just found it so dull. But then I I've played so many AAA open world games that by that point, another mm. one full of nebulous content was just. Ugh. I'm certainly not going to say it's better than the film, but I did have some fun with it. Like it is far from the worst video game tied into a movie. Mm. If anyone ever tried to tell me that Mad, the Mad Max video game was better than Fury Road, I'd push him off a building. 
<laughs> so few things don't do that, ever then. are better than Fury Road. <laughs> Fury Road is amazing. It is wonderful. There's, I, I love mean, that there, film there's not much that's better than Fury Road. There, but, there is, there yeah. is the the version of that film that I I enjoy almost as much in different ways. The version where it's entirely in black and white, and basically they cut out all the dialogue. Mm. And there is a, it's a very interesting version of that film. You you can you can make that film work with no dialogue, which is. Impressive from a filmmaking perspective, I think. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, so much of its storytelling was visual anyway. It, it, yeah, I mean, and that's true of all the all the Mad Max films. Like, like cause a lot of people again, the usual suspects complained about all the focus on the women characters. Meh, meh, meh. Um, they don't realize that in Road Warrior, like Mel Gibson has maybe twelve lines of dialogue. Like Mad Max doesn't yeah, speak it's much called, at all. It's called Mad Max, so it, sh- it should be about Max. It should be about Mad Max. Max, Max it never should, is. Max should be the hero because it's called Mad it should, Max. It's about the people Mad Max gets involved with. Max it's, is mad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, Fury Road's really good. Is what I'm trying to say, and that that's our hacker collective name with a Fury friends. Yeah. So uh, one more question this week. Let's go for one yeah, from. Moo Moo Blackjack on Twitter. What do all of you think will be the future of Nintendo if the Switch sells as poorly as the Wii U did? Uh, another crack at the whip. They've got enough capital built up to where they can just keep trying for a few goes. They they do. Like I, I've got some concerns if the Switch doesn't do well, mainly because they're putting all their eggs in one basket. By somewhat consolidating their handheld and home console divisions together, you're going to have, at least from my perspective, you're going to have one of two things happen. Either the handheld division is going to bolster the home console division, or the home console division is going to pull down the handheld division. And I really hope that we see, you know, the handheld bolster up the home console because I hope so. Like, the Switch does look really good. Yeah. Like the one thing that Nintendo has always been very strong at is their handhelds and I really, really don't want to see this be the first portable system they release that performs badly enough that it's considered a failure. Because yeah, I that, think what... that's concerning for Nintendo. I hate trying to ever predict Nintendo. I, they are the least predictable company, I feel, yeah. in terms of, of major players in the game industry. I hate doing Nintendo predictions for anything ever. But if I were to hazard a guess, I would say if the Switch sells like shit, they will claim it was never intended to replace the 3DS. Yeah. They will push the 3DS hard again. And it's the third pillar, maybe, everybody. Yeah. And then maybe just Maybe not give up on on home consoles, but at least start just saying, you know what, let's let's just go full Apple with this and really start going to town on pushing different versions of of handheld devices. Uh, that would be the most logical route for me. But logic but again, is it's not... Nintendo, mm. and yeah, they they don't conform to. I won't say they don't conform to logic, but they don't conform to a logic I understand. Yeah, and it's a logic that has seen big failures, but also huge successes for them. So it's not a logic I'm going to bash much either. Yeah, like the thing is, right now, obviously this could all change when June twelfth or whenever there is rolls around and everything is like here is officially everything about it. Right now, public opinion on the Switch seems to be very positive. Like I think, I think. Yeah. 
everything is in Nintendo's hands right now and is doing alright and they just have to not fuck up. And I wish I had more faith in Nintendo to to just not fuck up. But yeah, well, the, I love Nintendo, the, but they sometimes do stuff that's... The uh, thing about Nintendo is they... I don't know how best to describe it, but it, it their biggest successes are always surprises. Yeah. Uh, it, it's... You can never call it. You can never call it. Uh, I remember when the Wii came out, very people were very sceptical about it. Um, but but we all know what the Wii went on to do. Um, and this, I just... I can't tell. All I know right now is that someone's had a word with their marketing division and they pulled their thumb out their ass and they found a way to announce the Switch in a way that was hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this on the show. I've done a full gym position on it before. That trailer for the Switch was fucking brilliant from a marketing perspective. Mm. It was superbly mm. done. Uh, and that's all I know. That's all I know. And I can't tell whether that's indicative of their company philosophy for everything. All I know is how the marketing is. Um, but that's a huge part of sales. So, you know, if they keep that up, then it might indeed sell pretty well. I, I don't know, though. I hate being asked to predict mm. anything about that company. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo are weird, weird people, and I love that they exist because when they do weird shit, it keeps the games industry in- interesting. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, it's better than another fucking generic. It is the new video game box. It does a video game. game. I think. Yeah. I do think Switch is. Um... I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say it was destined to do better than Wii U, because obviously we don't know. But um, the the discourse is very different. I remember, when, I mean, when the Wii U was announced when it came along, there was a lot of uh, confusion. There was like the oh, the, yeah. me- the messaging was terrible, and I think um, the Nintendo uh, Nintendo consoles kind of live or die depending on how clear the idea is. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, cer- certainly in recent was... history. You could took you took one look at someone playing a Wii and you knew exactly what the Wii was. Yeah. Mm. Okay. They're they're swinging it and playing tennis. Like that was the famous image was the tennis. Mm. Uh, whenever a a TV show or a movie would have a Wii in it, that's what they were playing. It was always tennis. Yeah. Uh, because that just it shows you exactly what the Wii is. Um, and when I was talking about the Switch, when I was doing my Jimquisition episode on the Switch, I went back and rewatched the announced trailer for yeah. the Wii. Yeah. That trailer's terrible. And it's it's horrendous. Bollocks. It's, it, it is it is like it's it's longer than the Switch trailer and it tells you infinitely yeah. less. Like it's play it's with the new controller, it uses... use the new controller for checkers and the t- controller yeah. it puts stuff on the screen. It's a controller, 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 controller. Only ever referencing the controller, so people didn't know if it was an add-on yeah. to the Wii or they, not. They only the Wii U you, was a terrible name. They only show you games that have already been released on the Wii. So it's like, hey, yep. Here's, yep. here's a side-scrolling 2D Mario, here's Wii Sports and Wii Fit, here's a or Twilight Princess-looking Zelda. Like, Apparently that came out, the, the the thing where you put the gamepad on the floor. And, oh, and it, it did. It, it was, it was it. apparently called Wii Sports Pro or something. Something like that. But and that's how bad the messaging was that, yeah. like, throughout the Wii U's life cycle that I never even knew yeah, that game ever actually I. became I, a reality. I never knew that the Wii U enhanced edition of Wii Sports ever came out. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, so, But yeah, the, the other big difference was that Wii U trailer had so many words in it. 
Like yes. so much text trying to explain it. And the only words in the Switch trailer were the lyrics to the song they were using and, and you know, Switch. the typical Nintendo crowd of happy people at the end going, Nintendo Switch! Uh, and that was it. And that great click noise. Oh, that click the, noise. The, it's such a good noise. Yeah. That, like like snookables being hit. I love it. So, like, um, but yeah. Like a couple of people have been asking because like there's there's a lot of speculation going around about like hey so everyone's saying the Switch has a touchscreen why didn't they show it in in that uh, reveal three minute reveal trailer? My thinking on that is just did they know how to message that without words? Yeah. And I think mm. that, unnecessary information. I think right that now. like that being a thing of like well we could show you that it's got a touchscreen but then what do you do when the touchscreen is in the dock? Well when when you do that you turn the Joy-Con it around opens and up you, questions. you point yeah. up the the IR pointer and you use that to basically emulate a touchscreen. Like not it, not more to the point. Is that a selling point exactly, anymore? It, Everything's got it, a touchscreen. It complicates me- messaging and I think all they wanted to do was it's a home console. It's a handheld click sound. You can play yeah, it on they, the plane, they, they, you can play it in your house, click sound. Yeah, they had to communicate what the core of that thing was. Don't start, mm. don't do what they did with the Wii U and start talking about all the little minutia. All the, oh, you can watch TV on this and you can do this and you can do that with the new controller. No, just simple visual imagery of this is what our bastard thing mm. does. Oh, and, and, they, and show what the they fucking did really console well. is. Show the actual fucking yes. console box and don't show hide the it away console. under a TV somewhere. Show us... Yeah, they showed us all the hardware. Um, the touchscreen at that point would have been... Unless, it would have been noise mm. in the trailer, and that's not, not what they wanted. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's ultimately not what they got, which they, was they were, wonderful. They were clean and concise. That was... Yeah. Also, I never yeah. talked about Dishonored this week. I'm going to do it very quickly. Not as good as the original. There we go. I prefer it to the original. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about it next time, probably. Then. We'll talk about it maybe next time. It was, yeah, it's so far, it's very all right. I enjoyed it more than the first one, but we'll get into that next time. So, we'll is, next is, that, time, is yeah. that a good place for us to wrap up then? Yes, I think it's a good place for us to wrap up. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no worries um, at all. We never got. And there was no confusion over the names. That worked out quite well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish I wish I could have been more engaging, more chatty this week. I but think, like con- I said, considering I'm, how, yeah, me considering too. <laughs> how, well, considering how ill Sterling sounded before the call started, I think you did pretty damn well to stay going. Yeah, you man, you perked right, up a lot. Trinker, you both, you both did all right. You, you two good gyms. <laughs> Of all the gyms I know, don't... you two are my favourite gyms. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, people don't often, because sometimes I'm tired as well, and, and people don't often realise how bad I sound before we actually start, because oh, I really do yeah. have to engage some like, emotional jump leads to get myself you, going. You have um, a, a start switch that definitely comes on as soon as we've done our like three, two, one clap thing at the beginning of the show. Yeah, the moment the the moment I hang up the the, the call. And this this is done. Like I am going to collapse. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, maybe I can fit. In, I haven't done any work in days. Maybe I can fit in a video before I actually pass out. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I'm I'm not um, doing any more work tonight. I did my thing about vagina. <laughs> I wrote it. a thing about vaginas. My day is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've well, been Jim, uh, I've been doing stuff for clients all day because that's my life now, and uh, I've been yeah. You do like real work, then. yeah, real real actual work. Like people so. come to you and say, "This is the thing that I want done, and I'm willing to like part with money for." And then you do the thing, and like uh, a transaction then, happens. Uh, I do the thing, yeah, yeah. Um, like a business transaction occurs in your day. It's it's really 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 bizarre, and I'm still I'm still not sure if I'm quite 
uh, comfortable with it or happy with it. But, you know, um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but, yeah, I've I, I basically been, I've been looking for half an hour, just half an hour today to go and just go for a walk or do some kind of physical activity because I've been sitting in my room for like a week. Well, I'm, I'm sorry stuff, that like so. we took up an hour that could have been your go outside time. Oh, no, no, no. That, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a complaint. It's too dark now anyway. But, uh, um, so if people want to learn more about what, what it is you do now these days, Jim, um, where can they go? What can well, they do? What can, what they, they, can, what can do. they hire you for? Well, they can hire us to make videos and and uh, and do all the video stuff and uh, you know we we do we shoot we edit we write we do whatever you want. Uh, we're doing lots of marketing stuff at the moment. We we announced that we're working with Capcom on uh, the Resident Evil Seven campaign. Uh, the other two are in Osaka at the moment working on that. So um, and I'm I'm in Britain. So. Um, yeah, I was the only one who didn't get to go. Thanks, guys. Um, um, we're doing various stuff for other people as well. But if you want to hire us for stuff, uh, go to specialgunproductionsalloneword.com and uh, I can go mad in my house doing stuff for you as well. Yeah, that's that's where you can go hire Jim, Burns and Dave, the Hacker Collective, to go to yeah. all of your uh, remote <laughs> hacking needs. Exactly. Um, awesome. Well, sorry, I realised I, I was probably supposed to carry the show. Well, then, but it, I was looking uh, well this, is, this is the bit that you usually carry. I had to carry it last week, and that was a weird experience. But you know, <laughs> this is usually your domain, Jim. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry. Apologies again to the listeners for bailing halfway through last week. Oh um, no, it's it's fine. Everyone had a great time while you were gone, and it was the best episode ever. It sounded and, like it. Yeah. 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 And then I come back this week ill and sneezing and coughing down the microphone and ruining it um but yes laura me uh, yeah you do stuff i, I do, do stuff Jesus. yeah <laughs> oh god tell them about it me and my stuff laura k buzz pretty much everywhere that's laura k buzz on twitter laura k buzz on patreon that's what pays the bills go chuck us a couple of dollars over there so that we can afford to get the nice cloud flare thing that stops let's play video games from breaking because we get too much traffic uh, while I'm on that topic, letsplayvideogames.com, that is the place where I write about, like, why vaginas should be in video games more and keep, like, talking about a games console that's not out yet. Or you can go to Laura K Buzz on YouTube and you can watch me. What am I doing at the moment? I'm playing a BDSM video game where I get tied to the ceiling with some ropes and I'm going on trucking road trips with Joe Parlock. So you should go check those things out. They're totally super cool. Lovely. Um, awesome. As as for me, thank you all. Thank you to everyone who I met in New York who were lovely. Um, thank you to uh, Tim Clark, who was just awesome. Uh, thank you to Conrad for basically being my tour guide around New York and hanging out and just, just having a great weekend with. Um, thank you always for the listeners, for your support, and especially everyone who... Um, have been supporting uh, the Jimquisition on Patreon lately. That's gone really well. Uh, Jim Dependence Day was this Monday, which is the the two year anniversary of the show being fully funded by the audience. Mm. And oh gosh, my two my yeah. my two year comes up like next week. Oh, oh my god, awesome. that's been two. Oh, it, it doesn't feel like that. Flies. Time does fly. No, not at all. Um, but. Thank you, as always, for that support. It means a lot to me. Um, and even if you're just listening, thank you. You're very, very welcome. And I think that's it. And I think we will see you next week, where I shall be back in fighting form. 
Um, hopefully, this better not last much longer. And <laughs> that'll be it. We'll have uh, Gav back in. Thank you once again. Huge thanks to Jim Trinker for joining us. No worries. Um, I, I've been a massive fan of, of you and, and Steve Burns' work, uh, as you know, for a long but, time. But more me, right? Well, obviously. Uh, um, cheers. <laughs> you, you did your old art, so automatic win. The reason we haven't had you on you yet is because we were just intimidated. It's like, oh, can't be bringing Jim on. What if he thinks that we're not cool? <laughs> no. That's it. It's only, it's only that I'm so delirious right now that that I, I had the stones to go for it. I mean, so, I'm I'm shit when I'm not wearing a vest. It's fine. It's uh, <laughs> just very quiet. <laughs> uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on, and thanks, uh, man. Would love to have you on again at some point. No in worries. The um, not Dave so much because I don't know him. Screw uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, Dave. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, that'll be that'll be up from us this week. We'll see you next time, and be on the lookout for the spin-off Doctor's version of. We're, we're going to do a normal audio podcast of Pixels, uh, and the live stream of us watching Pixels is up uh, right now on the Jim Sterling YouTube channel, um, so you can watch that in its entirety. I'll probably cut some good bits and put that in the audio edition as well. And at some point this week, when I'm feeling more up to it, I'll edit together the footage uh, that was shot at the Boglin Art Gallery for the Boglin Watch episode. Um, I deleted all of the, all of the audio uh, from that night accidentally, that, that, um, but not, we have great visual footage, <laughs> and, and B-roll, most of it, because we couldn't really get away with messing about there as much as I wanted, most of it was B-roll that I was going to record over anyway, so it's still going to be really good. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And that'll be it. That's it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.